Hey, what's going on? This is scriptwriter Steve, and today is December tenth, twenty twenty. You know, I've um, you know, I, I'm a writer, and I write a lot of um, posts on top of Facebook. I I uh, bloviate and I share my opinion on the election there. I'm very political on my Facebook page, and um, I never had this problem before. But my my articles that I write, well, not articles, they're like my status updates. They're getting taken down. Um, I have no warning and whatsoever. They're just getting removed. Like um, they're getting deleted. I'm not sure why. Um, I, I'm not banned. I didn't say anything. And um, so right now, the only avenue I have wait, oh, to, a way to communicate to everyone is this podcast. It's kind of sad, isn't it? It's really, really sad. I don't know what they're scared of. I mean, I'm just writing. They're scared of my opinion. I mean, it, this is... It's pretty frightening because you know here we are living in America, and there's this thing we call the freedom of speech. But apparently, in this corporate world, they can operate like communist China. It's um, I don't like it. Do you like it? I'm sure you don't. You don't like it. No matter which side of the aisle that you're on, I don't care what your politics are. You know, I want to hear you know why you disagree with me because maybe you're right and I'm wrong. I just want the conversation to happen. But again, this is the whole liberal narrative that, again, like what we heard with climate change, the debate is over, the science is in. And now we hear the debate is over because the vote is in. And this is where we're at right now. When, you know, I have a question. My friend asked it to me about a week ago. When did the debate ever start? When it came to climate change, it never started. We never had that debate. We were just supposed to accept what the law, you know, accept and be good old loyalists, right? Just be good old loyalists. Listen, listen, listen to your dear leaders, right? And now we have here, you have to listen to the dear leaders again. You know, you can't accept the election. You have to accept the election for the way it is. You can't say there's election fraud going on. And if you even utter the words, they're going to censor you. So right now, Facebook is censoring, you know, they're, they're censoring podcasts, they're censoring YouTubers that are, they're, they're, they're censoring anything conservative coming out there. Because right now we know that most, most of the conservatives don't believe this election was, you know, legit. I mean, I don't. I, I, and I know some Democrats who don't. So, and they don't even want, again, they don't even want the, that conversation to happen. It's almost like what happened with hydroxychloroquine and the doctors who were on the front line who said, well, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc, they happen to work. They actually happen to work. And then we had Dr. Fauci, who never treated a single COVID patient, saying, well, it doesn't work. It, he, he hasn't treated a single patient. And he said he knew more than the frontline doctors. And, um, that, and that's why YouTube censored all of them. And it just so happened that they were all right. And again, this, they're censored, they censored Hunter Biden's scandal. Remember that? The laptop from hell and all those scandals that, he was, that Biden's were doing with China? Well, it comes out that's all true. And guess what? Now it's coming out that China has their hands in a lot of Democrats. In fact, they have their hands in a lot of Democrats' pants, literally. So we're going to get into all of this. I'm sorry for the long introduction. I got to pay the bills real quick. So I'm going to go to my usual, you know, advertisement here and I'll be right back after that sharing some news. We got a lot of big news that's happening here. So I'll be right back. Okay, everyone, I am back. So here's how it's going to happen right now for today. 
I'm going to talk about the news. I think I'll dedicate um, a big portion of my Barbecue to Movies podcast about the news on what's happening. And then uh, I'm going to go over and just talk about, I'm going to talk about prime rib and uh, how to barbecue some, not barbecue, I'm sorry, how to roast a good prime rib because I know Christmas is coming up and I guess we're all going to have to social distance, you know, ourselves into our own house. And I know some of you want to make a good prime rib. So, um, and I, I happen to know how to make a really good prime rib and I am going to share my tips and how, to, on how to do it. So, uh, that's the second part on it. Um, I'm not going to be talking about any movies today. Um, uh, maybe I will, I'm not sure, but I think that'll make the podcast a little too long and, uh, but maybe we can talk about movies tomorrow because there are some good movies coming out and there's all, there's some good movies that I actually saw on Netflix. Okay. So getting on to the latest news right now, but the biggest news of all is that Facebook is starting, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, they're all starting to get triggered by um, this election fraud thing. They actually, they actually think that for, by us talking and having a conversation about election fraud, it is actually ruining the country. And I'm not sure why, because there's so many other conspiracy theories out there. I mean, there are people who are anti-Semitic, flat-out racist. Um, there, there is like um, ISIS and all these other like people out there who are terrorists and pedophiles on Facebook and Twitter and everything. Um, and they're doing child trafficking and and they're they're, they're picking up children and selling them and, and 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 soliciting prostitutes all on Facebook. <laughs> Yet they're choosing to not to ban those, but to ban legitimate legitimate evidence about election fraud. And when I say legitimate evidence, it's not conspiracy theory, UFO, Bigfoot type of stuff. It's legitimate stuff. We're talking MIT scientists, MIT scientists, or the, the um, former CEO of Overstock, uh, who, is, um, who is, uh, has, has funded a group of white hat, white hat hackers, those are the good hackers, um, into finding out how these Dominion and Smartmatic machines are are, are actually influencing the election in a negative way, stealing the election from Trump, flat out stealing the election from Trump. And they're trying to paint um, heroes like some Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, and, and um, Rudy Giuliani and his team as enemies, as the antagonists to the storyline when, when they're not. They're the protagonists, and the antagonists are the big companies. Now, let's not forget here. You know, the Democrats kept saying they're all for the middle person, the middle, the middle class and everything like that. No, they're not. The, the Democrats are the high tech companies, the billion, the really rich billionaires or the really rich millionaires the, the, over there in, over there in uh, San Francisco and or, or, or who have been transplanted across the world. These are all the tech millionaires, you know, those really nerdy guys out there who, who make millions just knowing how to program right. They're in the right job, you know, that pays a lot of money. Well, you know, us Republicans, we're, we're the middle class, we're the, we're the middle class entrepreneurs who have the dirty jobs, you know? So they're not, we're, like a lot of us are not as rich as those guys. I mean, I know I'm not. I don't have all those stock options and everything like that. But these are the guys who are controlling, <laughs> controlling the conversation in America. They are literally controlling the conversation, censoring, information so so uh, loyalist democrats can stay loyal 
because they're so scared of them knowing the truth about Hunter Biden, the truth about the election, the truth about every single thing out there, the truth about hydroxychloroquine, the truth about COVID, and maybe even the truth about masks. Maybe they're even they're scared of having the conversation. Like I said, the debate didn't even start. They're scared of even starting a debate. And this is where we are right now in America. It we're almost as bad as communist China. In fact, I, I, I would say when it comes to the tech companies and the internet, we're as bad as communist China because they track you. They see what you're, the website you're looking at. They even spy on your phone. You notice that, hey, if, if I'm talking about, I was talking about a podcast the other day. I'm trying to say, well, I'm just starting this thing and I want to like get good at it. And all of a sudden, all my YouTube commercials are about, are about buying podcast microphones. And my Facebook is all about podcasting stuff. I didn't even talk, I didn't even input the word podcast. I just said it by my phone. So they're listening on my phone. I really think that. I'm not going crazy. Things are just popping up like that. I think you've noticed it too. So anyway, let's get into the news. So right, right now, that's bad news right now. And, and here's the thing. I, 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 I talked about it in the beginning of my opening there. I'm getting censored on Facebook. I, you know, I like to write a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a professional writer. So, so I like to like write my opinions on, on my status updates. And sometimes it can get pretty long. Apparently, I offended someone in Facebook and my posts are getting taken down. Now, these are not articles. These are just regular posts. Me just ranting. And they're not even bad rants. They're like, they're like just, you know, maybe they're highly opinionated, but I'm not out there calling anyone names. I'm just saying, hey, this is happening. And, and, and I'm making a pretty good argument how, a, you know, you know, how, how a, you know, just a level-headed argument. I'm not getting nuts, you know, out there. And, um, and, and they're, they're taking it down. So I, I, t- I tap out this, like, you know, this paragraph that takes me about sometimes 30 minutes to an hour to write because I just want to make sure everything's correct. And it's not like me when I, when I podcast. I'm just, like, going free flow, shooting from the hip. That's why I'm, you know, kind of stutter sometimes and I get over my words. But when I'm writing, I want to make it sound as good as possible. But then um, I, I post it. And then, like, I wake up the next day and it's gone. And it, and it looks as though, whoa, I, I didn't post anything for, like, how long? And then my other poster started to disappear, too. So I look back at my history and say, wait a minute. I, didn't, I, I remember talking about this, and it's gone, completely gone. The Hunter Biden stuff, some of my things, I talked about Hunter Biden and his laptop and how he has naked pictures on top of there of himself, like, all that. All that's 100% true. I got it from some other, some other like, um, people who have some connections in China there's like naked pictures of Hunter, like having with all these people right there. And um, yeah, they, they took it down as though that's fake news. It's real news. Like Hunter Biden's like sniffing Coke and, you know, he's like naked with all these different girls. And, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, it's, um, they, they don't want that information out there. And, and you know, the other question is that, why, how did it come from China? You know, my, my, friend, my friend who has connections, connections to China didn't get it from the New York Post or like a leak from like a journalist place. They got it from China. Chinese have this information on Hunter Biden. All right. So anyway, let's uh, let, let's get past that. I'm a little triggered by that, as you can see. Um, but here's some like news we want to really, really you know take a look at. Okay. So Sydney Powell, breaking news here. Um, she came out and said that she said there's a plane load, a plane load of fake Chinese ballots, and they arrived from Mexico. She said this over at um, the rally, and she, has, she said she has proof of this. Um, she didn't show this. She didn't show the evidence at the rally, 
but she said she has evidence showing fake ballots were, that were printed in China were transported across the U.S.-Mexico border. And um, it's consistent with another previous claim by a Chinese insider. Now, and then they're, they're trying to expose a, plant, a printing plant that, is, um, that was in China's Guangdong province. And um, this is pretty big now. now. Now, again, this is Sidney Powell just talking at a rally. We don't know if it's true or not, but if it is true, wow, that's all I have to say is, wow, that seems kind of bad. And could it happen? Who knows? Who really knows? But that is a big if right there. And I think that's something that we should, we should find out if she's lying or not. Now, who is Sidney Powell? I mean, Sidney Powell, she was, has always been on the right side of, of, the, of, um, of morals when it comes to it. Now, General Flynn, she was General Flynn's lawyer. And she was on the right side of the argument on there. He was wrongly accused, and she got she got him off. Well, she, well, she kind of got him off there, and then but she defended him, and you know you know um, Trump pardoned you know General Flynn, but he was wrongly accused. General Flynn was going to be put to prison because he was talk. He they said he was talking to foreign foreign officials before he was he actually held the position. Now look what's happening with Joe Biden. He is not the president yet. He's not even the president-elect yet. And he's out there. His entire team, they're talking to foreign officials. That's President Biden or President-elect, well, well, actually, quote-unquote, President-elect Biden, because he's not president-elect yet. He should go to jail. Because if Flynn is, goes under the, is violating the Logan Act, well, Joe Biden and his team, all of them should go to jail. Right? Again, the law is not equal. But in here, Sidney Powell was on the right side of the law, and the Democrats were on the wrong side of the law. The FBI was on the wrong side of the law. And let's make that clear. 2016, all the way up to this, uh, all the way up to 2020, the Democrats were on the wrong side of the law. They were, they were trying to commit treason. Remember that. They were trying to commit treason, trying to steal the election from Donald Trump. In fact, they were stealing it all the way to 2020 because they were scared that Trump would win over Joe Biden. In fact, he did. And that's why they wanted to impeach him because you know, they would rather run against, they would rather run against um, um, the vice president, right? You know, than, than actually you know, Donald Trump. Mike Pence was not as much of a risk than Donald Trump. That's what they thought, all right? So again, from 2016, they were on the wrong side of the law. The FBI on the wrong side of the law. And now we're supposed to believe that they're on the right side of the law? Really? Like that flip right there, they're on the wrong. I mean, Joe Biden and all of his like wrongdoings, dealings with Hunter Biden, dealings we found out with China, that Tony Bobulinski, remember that guy being interviewed on Tucker? That guy said that Joe Biden had set up deals with China and that they had gotten a big loan from China, a big loan from the, to the Biden family. He said that. That's all 100% true. It's so true that, that, um, that Hunter Biden put out a, um, a state, statement today. In fact, the Biden team put out a statement to get ahead of the narrative that, that Hunter Biden is under, under investigation for tax evasion because all of that money coming in from China. So, you know, there's something there. And this is the story that they said was false and part of, part of Russia collusion. They lied. They lied. And Sidney Powell was always on the right side of the argument again. 
And now she's making these arguments, and I think we just have to take her word for it because that matches her character, her personality type. She's on the right side. Why should she switch? And why would and why would we actually, you know, you know, um, switch sides? You know, why would why should we believe the Democrats right now? Okay. So anyway, now we're we're moving over now to to Texas. Now Texas, this is big news. You probably already heard it. They filed a lawsuit against all of the major states. We talked about this in a couple of days ago. Uh, they filed a lawsuit that say against all the other other states, saying that. Basically saying that why do they have, why do we have to follow we Texas, and all the other states have to follow the um, have to follow the Constitution, which means our state legislatures to make the laws, and all the all the other country, all, all the other states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, um, Arizona, and and Nevada, um, they don't have to follow the state con- the, the 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 Constitution where elected officials or Elect, uh, elected um, bureaucrats, not the legislatures, we're talking like election officials and the Supreme Court justices, they get to set the voting laws. In fact, they get to rewrite voting laws. No, the voting laws are supposed to be made by the state legislature. And in fact, they rewrote the voting laws to make it even, that, even to make it possible that fraud happened even easier. So by doing that, they, they invalidated the whole, the whole election of the United States. You know, why is it that these these four states ruined it for everyone and by being by not following the constitution and that's a constitutional argument right there which is so strong that they that they can win now the news today is that trump is asking the supreme court to join in on that on that lawsuit and the, and this looks as though the supreme court will take it okay the supreme court will take it now let's see here now, okay, so uh, I got some news here. Now, now um, Senator Cruz, he's, ex- he's expressed disappointment that the U.S. Supreme Court has chosen not to hear a case brought by the Pennsylvania Republicans challenging the election results in the state. So um, this is really not good. You know, I-, I wish they would. I'm not sure why. But he says here, I'm disappointed the court decided not to hear the case challenging the election results in Pennsylvania, Cruz said in a statement on Twitter. This appeal file raised important and serious legal issues, and I believe the court had a responsibility to ensure our elections followed the law and the Constitution. So so right now, uh, I'm not sure what's happening with that case. That's a different case than what Texas had actually accused them of doing. So um, we'll see what happens. That's not the greatest news there. Um, I'm going to scroll down here and read off some other things here. So here's something very interesting. Um, there's no talk of widespread election fraud, no no talk of widespread election fraud, but very targeted election fraud. This is very interesting here. Okay, so it, it was strategic that that the elect, election fraud was not widespread, but targeted at six locations, which, if flipped, would also flip the swing states if they were if they were found. So that means, and thus the electoral college. So basically, the the Election fraud is not widespread, not at all, not at all. It, it's only strategically placed, so they knew where to fight their battles. Very interesting here. Okay, so here's a website now that I really want you to t- um, check out. It's called um, deepcapture.com, deepcapture.com, and um, 
It is run by a, um, a former CEO of Overstock.com. And his name is Patrick Bryant. Now, this guy, I didn't know about this until one of my Facebook friends and former clients, um, he um, sent me a, a link here that I need to, need to take a look at. And here it is, this guy, Patrick Bryan, who's, the, again, the former CEO of, of, um, of Overstock.com. You've probably heard of that before. And he's talking about putting together, he had put together a, a team of white hat hackers. White hat, again, those are the good guys. And um, he, he, um, he basically took a look, a look at all the election fraud out there. And he said, it's 100%, 100% that the, um, this election was stolen. And he has proof. He has 100% proof of it. And he put this proof right on top of his website. So, um, and so if you go to deepcapture.com, you get to see his updated um, articles here. It's the first article there that, there that says evidence grows, 20 election, uh, uh, 020 election was rigged. And um, he goes right down the list of things here. And he has proof right there. It's all documented uh, very, very well. And he even gets into it where he says that um, the Dominion, Dominion servers are widely infected with acute snatch malware. Which is basically a keystroke, um, uh, I guess a ver- it's a keystroke um, type of a, uh, I guess t- type of um, virus there that captures a lot of information there, and it goes into the firmware, not the the firmware of your computer. So, but puts it so that's not software it's installing. It goes into the firmware, the actual like microchips and everything in there. So it you and it also stops you from updating your firmware, uh, and it and um, that means you can't, you actually can't like a. Uh, 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 I guess get a, get a security patch to fix it. So once it's in there, it's in there. And then he believes that Dominion, or maybe he has proof that the Dominion servers are widely infected by it. And with that, it can take all of your admin, your, your admin information, your password. It can control your computer. Um, isn't that crazy? That's a firmware malware in your firmware, actually in the hardware of the computer. And who controls it? Uh, well, you know who knows? So China, China, China can actually control this. And the um, CISA says that there's 62,000 um, devices that have been infected in America that have, that have been infected with the QSnatch malware. Oh, maybe my computer is like uh, infected with that. Who knows? Okay, so make sure you check that out. It's on DeepCapture.com. All right, DeepCapture.com. All right, so I want to go into one more thing before I, let me let me scroll down my articles here. Okay, so 17 states now are um, urging the court to review the Texas bid challenges. So now 17 states now are joining in with up with Texas to challenge the 2020 election results. 17 states. So now before we had just a few more, maybe I think it's four more. Now it's 17 states. This is huge right here. <laughs> Are 17 states crazy? I mean, they want us to say that this is all a conspiracy theory. There's no evidence. But why are seven? So all 17 states are wrong? You know, we're, the Supreme Court has to, they have to listen. If they thumb their nose at 17 states, we got a big problem here. Really, really, really big problem here. Okay. Well, this is all the news I have for now that I want to share, okay? Um, I'm sure there may be a, more news coming out later on. But here, here's, some, here's something I really wanted to share with you. This is a funny story. Um, 
I, I was, I was, uh, you know, some people get into those Facebook debates, right? On the, with commenting back and forth, back and forth. Um, I'm not one to get into those. I used to get into those when I was a lot younger, but, but I made this comment, you know, to, to one of the, one of my Facebook friends on here who just happened to be this really, really intelligent, um, he's a conservative and he's a very intelligent, um, man. He just believes that there was no election fraud and, and, he, and he's on the other side, but you know, uh, People can disagree, and I don't care, right? And I said, uh, you know, I disagree with you, but still, still respect you, and we and we can do that. You can have the conversation, and and he believes, you know, opposite, and that's fine. But then the person who I, I wrote this kind of a kind of a you know kind of a kind of a good a good like you know good cordial you know kind of like response, and the person who responded to me in a very antagonistic way and kind of belittling belittling me um, was. <laughs> was a former governor of Hawaii, <laughs> Ben Cayetano. And he out there told me, he out there and told me like, you know, oh, you know, you, you're, you're, he basically said you're nobody and this and all the different types of things. And he had so many misspellings. I mean, he was misspelling every other word, putting periods where you, where you shouldn't or commas where you shouldn't. And, um, and just told me that, you know, basically I'm an, I'm an idiot, uh, you know, to sum it up. And, um, <laughs> Uh, and I just couldn't, I, I couldn't believe that. And he also came out and said, there's no evidence. There's no evidence at all. And then, well, I just posted, you know, what I did is I posted a few links. I, I wrote a pretty long you know, reply to him. It'd be funny if I get into like a, 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 I guess, a Facebook spat with him, uh, with our former governor of Hawaii. <laughs> but he, he's out there talking like a, like a blind liberal loyalist. Like he does, you know, he wasn't that great of a governor, to be honest. He, I mean, Ben Cayetano, he didn't do that. He, he wasn't that great. He, he wasn't, in fact, he wasn't good at all. He wasn't good at all. He, he didn't do anything. Um, he's probably, he would probably do a better job than, um, than the current governor we have. Um, and he, he's against our rail, which he came out and said that it's totally corrupt. And, um, but he ran for mayor to stop the rail, which we have here in Hawaii, but he lost. I've, I actually voted for the guy because, um, you know, I wanted him to be, you know, he had a, he was a very strong democratic voice against the rail. But on this case, he was complete. He's completely paranoid. He's coming out there saying that Rudy Giuliani is is just a, is a, is a storyteller, and I believe in fairy tales because I'm a storyteller as well. <laughs> and uh, you know, maybe. But I told him, you know, you know, when you when you write story, when you write, you know, fairy tales, you still have to um, you still have to abide by the lore. You still have to respect it because if you don't abide by the lore of that world, you you get you you actually get like a very angry fan base, and they'll call you a fraud. And that's what ex- that is exactly what's happening here because you're not <laughs> the story that the that the Democrats are painting doesn't go according to the truth, and that's why we're calling them a fraud. They're saying there's nothing to see here when there's a lot of things to see here, right? And we already heard for like how many years? How many years were they told us? There was something to see here when there was nothing to see there. So they're just very, very bad lawyers. Not liars. Liars, lawyers. Ah, Same, same, right? Okay. Anyway, that's it I have now. I think I've ranted for 23 minutes straight. Holy cow. Okay, so I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get a diet soda. And I'm going to be back. And uh, we're going to talk about prime rib. All right? We are going to talk about prime rib because that may not be barbecue. But it's food and it's meat, so it's interesting. All right. All 
right, I'm back. Got my diet soda here with me. So if I stop talking, that means I'm taking a sip of it because my, um, I don't know, I just love drinking diet soda. I don't think it, you know, a lot of people are going to say it's bad from the, you know what, to the hell with you guys who say, who say that. Okay, so, um, uh, you know, we're going to talk about prime rib right now. We're going to put the politics to the side. I'm not going to bring it up anymore, but we're going to talk prime rib. And um, I'll tell you what, like my prime rib... I'm not going to tell all my secrets right now because I am, you know, I'm going to open up my barbecue company uh, when COVID is down, when when COVID disappears, you know, when the I see the light at the end of the tunnel when COVID is gone, I'm going to like open up a barbecue company. We're going to sell brisket. We're going to sell prime rib. We're going to do all those things, and so I know how to make a really really good prime rib. I got the recipe from my grand my grandfather, who was a really, really good chef, and he taught me before he died on how to make this. And um, so, but I'm going to tell you um, some of the secrets. We're not going to secrets. Some of the shortcuts and tips on how to make a good roast. And I'm going to leave out my, my rub, okay? But I'm going to tell you almost everything else on how to do it. And that way you could, um, you could make a prime rib, a, a roast, um, with, with uh, confidence, okay? So we're going to first off with starting about, we're going to start off in the beginning and picking a roast. Now, when you, when you pick a roast, you want to try to look for the meat that's pink. You don't want a really a deep red, um, a deep red look. The, the deeper the red, um, it tends to be a lot more tough. So look for a pink colored meat and, and also a lot of marbling in there, okay? Um, and you, you, a good fat cap would be very good. Don't get one without a fat cap. You want that fat cap on the top of the roast, so that, that adds all the flavor. Trust me, fat is a good thing, okay? So don't get one where they trim off all the fat and you have like just a really small amount of fat. You, you, you don't want that. You're gonna have, that means that piece of meat's gonna be very, very dry. You want it highly marbled and you want it to be pink if possible, okay? Um, prime versus choice. Um, now there are, there are, there are about three different versions of, um, of meat. There is select, choice, and prime. And um, select is the, the lowest grade, choice being the second, and then prime is the highest. And then within prime, there's different grades of prime. Um, but you will never know. You will never, ever, ever know um, which one is which. They don't really tell you unless you go to the more, the more of, the, of the commercial when you, when you buy things on the commercial level. Um, but I would always um, say... I like to get my prime rib from Costco, um, and then sometimes it's sealed in this very, very dark plastic where you can't pick things. I pick it up. So, so if you just if you can't do that, you just kind of have to just guess, all right. But if you have a choice, if you can look through the cellophane, get prime, get the pink one, okay. So when you now we're gonna fast forward. Now you you, you bought your roast and you're gonna bring it home, and now we gotta prep everything. So what you want to do is you want to get your your um, you want you want to take the prime rib out of there. You're going to wash all the. We want to wash that prime rib first. And the reason why you wash it is that a lot of times when they cut the prime rib, there's a little bone, little spurs, like little pieces of bone on there from the from the from that blade. Um, what do they call that? That 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 not the hacksaw, but you know that saw that that cuts it off. And um, you want to make sure you get all those little pieces of bone fragments out of there. Um, usually they do, they do a pretty good job at cleaning it, but sometimes there's one or two pieces that are stuck on there. So you want to get, you want to get rid of all of that. And then you want to pat this thing dry and make sure it's all nice and dry. Um, just to use your towel, like a, a towel or paper towels to pat it dry. 
Once that's all, once that's all patted dry, what you want to do on the fat side is you want to score it. So we're going to make it kind of like a, a crosshatch score. And this crosshatch score, you want to, want to cut it down below the fat, okay? Down below the fat, maybe a little bit into the meat, but not too much, just down below the fat. And if you have a really thick fat cap, don't worry, that fat should render down after cooking. And you can always cut off this fat after you cook or after you serve it, okay? But you want that juices to, to come down into your meat. You want that, you know, for me, I don't cut off any of the fat because I just want my meat to be really, really juicy, okay? So you want to score this thing, and then with your knife, you want to, you want to take some garlic, and you want to cut the, cut the garlic with the little, you know, I guess every clove you want to take off all, all the little skin off the, off the garlic. And you're going to take your knife and you kind of screwdriver it in, into certain parts of your, your prime rib. And you want to poke, poke a, a piece of garlic into different areas of the prime rib. I mean, I kind of put it into, you know, usually about, about four on the top, you know, two on the side, and, and maybe some on the bottom by the ribs. Um, it really depends on how garlicky you want your prime rib to be. But I like garlic. I love garlic. It makes it taste so good. Um, you can cut up the the garlic into little smaller little um, smaller pieces, so you don't you know you don't have to have like a really big thick one going into there if you want. Um, I tend to like um, cut them in half and then I stick it in there. Sometimes if I have a really big garlic clove, I'll cut it into quarters and I'll stick you know each one in, each one there. And sometimes I'll stick it really close by. It really depends how I feel. And then. And then what you want to do is you want to you want to like um, salt and pepper everything, um, not, not not necessarily pepper, um, but you can put salt on the entire thing. And you want to use rock salt, and you want to put you know you know a pretty good healthy bit of, of a rock salt on top of everything around around both sides, even even the ribs on the back. And then um and then again you put you after you put your salt, then you can add in whatever you want on top of it. Now if you add like say for example garlic garlic or onion or anything else, um, you want to add, you want to make sure you add a granulated version of, you don't want to add a powder, you want to add a granulated powder. Don't add a simple powder. Like if you want to add onion powder, make sure it's granulated. Um, don't just add onion powder. Um, granulated, because if you add like a powder, it it gets kind of cakey on top. So make sure it's every, anything that you put on there is granulated. Now you don't have to worry about over seasoning it, make it over salty on the outside, because um, that saltiness won't go toward the inside, all right? Now, you could take, um, you could create a salt brine on the side, and I do this too, for especially if your roast is very long. If you have a very long roast, it's good to create a salt brine on the side and then inject, um, and you can put whatever you want in this brine. We're talking like, it could be like um, um, garlic or, or salt, I mean, not salt, but then garlic or onion powder, all those different types of things. You know, some people put wine in there, I don't care. Um, but what you, what you could do is, is you could inject, take that brine and you inject it into your prime rib, especially if you have a long roast. We're talking like, you know, about, you know, six or seven bones. If you have like three, you can even inject it if you have a three bone roast, but it's not really needed. Um, but if you feel that you want more flavor in the middle of the meat, then go ahead, make a brine on the side. And then we're, when we're talking like, you know, again, taking like some type of salt, boiling it with water, making sure all that salt is all dissolved. And then making sure you, you know, boil that, boil that water and, and then cooling it down so it doesn't, so it doesn't cook your meat. And then getting an injector and then putting it into the, um, injecting it into the middle of your prime rib. And um, make sure you taste the brine that it's not too salty. That's very, very important. It should taste 
as though it's salty enough to to drink, all right? Not salty enough to where you where you pucker your lips and say, "Ooh, that's too salty." If it's if it's just salty enough, that's good. That's what you want, all right? Everything, whatever you salt in the brine, that's the salt flavor that's going to go into there, okay? And again, it's a, it's not. We're not going to brine the prime rib. We're not going to let it soak overnight. We're just going to inject it. Okay, that's and that's if you want to do it. I do, I, I tend to do it, and um, it's uh, you know a lot of people they don't do it. A lot of restaurants they don't do it. Okay, so now we have the the, the cloves of garlic in there. We just want to put some salt on there. I like to put rock salt on top of there, and then again you could put onion powder, garlic powder, all those other things on top of there. Um, and then after you finish putting all of your, your, your rub on there, I'm not going to expose my rub, by the way, um, then you, you put it into the oven, okay? And then now your oven, you don't have to preheat your oven, by the way. Um, you can cook it now at th- anywhere between 350 to 425. Now, 350 is if you have like, um, a, the bigger the roast, the slower, the slower you should cook. So if it's really big, you're going to cook at 325. If it's medium size, you cook at 350. If it's small, you can cook it at 425. And... Um, and the reason why is that if you cook it, you, you just don't want to burn the outside. You don't want the you don't want the outside to get burned too much. And what you do is you, you get a you have to have a, um, you get your thermometer, a remote thermometer. This is very important, and you stick it like in the middle of the prime rib, and this will give you um, the temperature of the prime rib on the inside, and you can just monitor the temperature the the the, the temperature of your prime rib as it cooks. So now we have the, um, it's seasoned, it's the rib roast is inside the, the, um, is inside the oven, right? Oh, you know, I forgot something. I forgot something. You have to put your, I'm sorry, got to back up a little. You have to put your roast into a roasting pan, okay? Now there's a couple ways to do this. You can put it on um, a, a rack. They have these racks that hold the roast, or you could just put it, on a, a bed of, um, I like to put it on, on a bed of onions and a bed of um, celery. That's what I do. I don't put it on a rack. I actually put it on a bed of onions and a bed of celery. And that way the, the, ju- the, the smell of the onions goes into the prime rib. Now you don't have to do that. Most people just put it onto a rack. It's really up to you. Okay. Then you put that entire thing, the entire pan, the roasting pan into the oven. Again, anywhere between 325 and 425. Smaller, smaller the roast, the higher you can go. And again, we have our remote temperature probe. Now we're going to put on the we're going to put in the middle of the, the roast, okay, in the direct middle. So it's going to be from left to right. It'll be in the middle there, and then from from the and the height will be in the middle of the height, correct? And then we're going to close close it, and we're just going to wait. We're going to cook, and we're going to cook to maybe about until the um, the the roast gets to around eighty degrees on the inside. Then we're gonna take it out. We're gonna then we're gonna physically flip the roast over from top to bottom. We're gonna take it down, and you can, you can flip it around by using a towel, or you can have like gloves that are like heat protected, and you can flip it. Um, I like to use a towel, just a regular towel. A regular towel makes it very easy. Uh, make sure because it's gonna be very hot, but you just flip it right there on the rack, and you put it back in. And then you now because it has to cook on both sides, right? It's like browning a steak. You go, you want to flip it, right? So then you, you flip it. Now we're going to be cooking the, the, um, the rib side, right, up there, right? And now the, oh, when you put it in, you put it fat side up. Make sure I told you that, fat side up. Boy, I'm bad at these instructions, ain't I? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm doing it, I'm shooting it from the hip, people. I'm shooting it from the hip. Okay, so um, 
So uh, anyway, you got the roast in there. It's fat side up. And you're going to cook it until it reaches 80 degrees. And then you're going to flip it rib side up. All right. And then now you're going to keep cooking it there rib side up until the temperature reaches about 100 and I would say about 110 degrees. Okay. 110 degrees. Then you're going to flip it back on the other side. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take hot water, boiling hot water, and uh, you're going to... Um, you're actually going to boil hot water on the side, okay, at, at 110 degrees. Now, this is going to be your au juice, but you need to boil this hot water. It has to be hot now, okay? Boil the hot water on the side. Now, you're going to co continue cooking the roast until about it reaches 117 degrees, 118 degrees, 117 degrees. If it's a bigger, if it's a small roast, you want to say 117. If it's a bigger roast, you probably say, maybe say about 120, Okay. So um, 117 to 120, what you'll do is you're gonna you're, you're gonna pull out the roast, and then you're gonna you're gonna um, take the hot water and you're gonna pour it over your prime rib, and you're gonna see right now when the when you do this you're gonna wash off a lot of that salt and all those other like ingredients you got there, but what it's gonna do is it's gonna like cause that that meat to exhale all of its steak juices, all of the meat juices, and that's that's how you get your aju. Okay, now we got now what we'll do from here is that we are gonna put the roast back in really quick, okay? And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna put on broil at about 500 degrees. And um, now what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a crust. Now, now what you do now is you take rosemary and you sprinkle the outside of that prime rib with rosemary and then you broil it. And you have to keep a very close eye on this because you don't want to burn it. And you want, and what you see is when you look at this, be very careful now, you're going to see that nice layer of fat start to burn and crisp up. We don't want it to burn to black. We just want it to brown, okay? And it's going to brown, brown, brown. You see the rosemaries, you know, kind of get little, they'll kind of infuse themselves in the fat and everything, and they'll be nice and good. And you'll smell it too. And then, and then when it gets a little on the brown side, that's where, where you want to take out the prime rib and you're basically done. Now, this prime rib, you're going to put on the side and it's going to rest for a while. And that when you, when you put on the side, uh, I like to put on a chopping board. That temperature will eventually go up to 135. And that's when it's, when it's ready to, at 135, that's when you want to cut. Okay? So it's, it's going to be rare on, in the middle and then it'll be well done as it goes more toward the outside. Okay? So you, you, you keep your thermometer in there, your remote thermometer in there until it reaches 135 or until the temperature starts to doesn't go up anymore. Because sometimes it won't go up to 135 and it'll still be a very nice cut. Now, what you want to do with that, all that aju, remember those all that drippings that came out of there? You want to put that back into, you want to put that back into your, 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 um, your pot that you had boiled into there. And then you want to strain it of all the fat. So there's these, there's these um, things that strain it with the fat. You could strain it by just using a, a ladle and then taking the fat off the top. Or what you could do, what I like to do is like, you know, there's these things where it has a cup and a little like um, spout that's on the bottom there and you pour it. And then basically you, you pour out, you, you, you pour out um, all the good stuff and then it keeps the fat back in the cup. Um, I'm not sure what those are called. Um, but that's what I like to use. So you can, but you just need to get the fat out of all that drippings you got. So you're just left with the the meat juices. And once you're left with the meat juices, what you do is you you take a sip of it, and you and you take a sip of it um, in a little, little a little cup, just small sip, just like a spoonful up there, right? And you taste it, 
and you taste, how does it taste? Now, if it's too salty, you're going to add water. If it's not salty enough, you add salt, okay? And, and then you have to decide, if it, is it sweet enough or tangy enough? If it's, um, au jus has a little, sometimes has a little tang to it. So what you like to do, what I like to do is add a little Worcestershire sauce on top, inside of it. Not too much, just a little, a little splash of it, okay? Like one or two. You mix it up. Again, is it salty? Is it sweet? Is it tangy enough? It shouldn't be the sweet, but that little tang that the Worcestershire like adds to it, adds a little depth and depth to it. And then again, you keep experimenting. A little salt, a little water, okay? Worcestershire. And, and you season it to taste. When, and it should be a little bit on the salty side. Just a little, just a little. Now, now what you do from here is that you, you it's, it's time to now cut the prime, <laughs> it's time to cut the prime rib now at 135. What you do is you put, take your chopping board and you put your chopping board onto a cookie sheet that's raised, a raised cookie sheet. This is so when you, when you actually cut the prime rib all the juices won't leak out all over. Now, it's really important you rest the prime rib just a little so that um, maybe about, you know, I would say about 15 to 20 minutes because th that way the juices won't flow as much. You want a nice, juicy prime rib, and the, and the longer you, it's a little fine line because if you rest it too much, you get too cold, right? But you don't want to cut it immediately. So when you cut this prime rib, what you want to do is you first you cut off the bone, right? And you cut, off, you cut the meat off the bone as much as you can, as close as you can. Okay, and then you then then you can cut the prime rib down into little steaks, and then that's and that's your prime rib right there. Then you serve it with your aju. That's it. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. I did leave out all my other stuff, like I told you, but that's that's basically it. Not too hard, not at all. So um, you may have to listen to this over and over again because I just basically I didn't write this down again. I'm shooting it from the hip, trying to go off my. My creative juice is here in my head. I'm just writing as, uh, not writing, I'm, I guess I'm writing with, with, with my brain and speaking with my mouth. And um, if I were to do this again, maybe I should have scripted it. But you know what? It's always more fun talking like this, right? Okay, so um, that's it for the prime rib. I hope I didn't confuse you as much. Um, and uh, that's all for the show for today. That's all for it. So I hope, I hope it was entertaining uh, if I'm if I'm continuing being good, don't forget to look me up on um, Barbecue Two Movies. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. Um, I think I'm well. I'm on Anchor. Like when I broadcast on Anchor, it automatically goes to all these like other people. But then again, I'm on the major ones like Apple, Google, and Spotify. So subscribe to me there. I'm sure I'll keep you entertained, and we'll always you know talk about the good things, the good things like barbecue, politics, movies, and tomorrow. I got some movie recommendations for you so your weekend will be a lot more cool. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.